If you look for it, every day has cause for celebration. Celebrate with a friend for their promotion, baby, wedding, life thingy. Celebrate your team winning a big game. Celebrate yourself for keeping the couch warm. It's no easy feat, especially a big couch. Or maybe you just want to celebrate living in 2022, where you can get beer, wine, and spirits delivered from Drizzly in under 60 minutes without leaving your couch. Check out Drizzly, the most convenient way to buy beer, wine, and spirits right from your phone or computer and have it delivered right to your doorstep in under 60 minutes. Drizzly is the number one app for alcohol delivery. Download it from your app store or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com. Plus, Drizzly is currently giving every new customer $5 off their first order. Just use promo code FAST5 at checkout. So keep on keeping that couch warm by downloading the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com. Use promo code FAST5 for $5 off your first order. Vincero is a premium lifestyle brand based in San Diego, and they carry the finer things, watches, sunglasses, and much more. At Vincero, they're designing everything in-house. They source all their own materials. They produce their products in small batches, then ship directly to the consumer. The watches, surgical grade stainless steel casings with Italian marble inlays, traditional automatic and Japanese quartz movements, and they come in stainless steel, durable silicon, or Italian marble straps. As far as their glasses go, they come with handcrafted frames. You can get either polarized lenses that provide 100% UVA and UVB protection, or blue light blocking glasses to help combat the harsh glow from all of our screens. Now, what if you buy something from Vincero and it doesn't meet your expectations? Well, don't worry. Five-year guarantee and a 365-day free return policy has you covered. But don't take my word for it. Try them yourself. With over 30,000 five-star reviews, Vincero offers you a shopping experience you can trust. Vincero offering a special 15% and free shipping discount to my listeners by using promo code ZABE. Go to V-I-N-C-E-R-O collective.com forward slash ZABE. Well, why don't you open a bagel shop? You're a Jew, last time I checked. Oh, bagel shop. oh what am I not allowed to say that? Bagel shop, hard work. Still no hot here. You know how hard work that is? I, I know, and I, I don't know what the margins are. I don't either. They might be very small when it's all said and done, because right? Because the bagel's kicking ass, they're opening up all kinds of different locations. They got one down in Nats Park. They really? Just, they just opened another one uh, in, in Falls Grove. So Why is there not one here? I don't know. I don't know. You don't know the ins and outs of Again. Big Bagel as a Jew? <laughs> we don't have meetings to discuss. What do we do about the bagel business? You're not you're not bagel curious at least? Uh, this is your people's very, you know, wheelhouse. Yeah, but I don't, you know, I don't have any trouble finding bagels. I have bagel places near me. Uh, when I need a bagel, I can find one. It's just that, you know, Okay, well, whatever you say then. All right, boys, before we get going today, first of all, Galdi, you look spectacular, fit, lean, healthy. Thank you, Zabin. And you have shaved your head. (laughs) Oh, I love it. Down to the nub. I love it. That's such an insult. I know. You've never liked that, but it is. Such great hair, and you just, it's an insult to us bald. 
Why? To the bald. Why? Because we'd love to have Galdi's hair, and if we did, we'd have it all flowed up and styled and product in it. Would you, though? Would you dashing. have it long? Would you have Although, it? Although, is yours receding? Am I seeing some yeah. recession? No, it's not receding, but I do have some gray. I do have to say that. Uh, it's so. a little widow's Andy? peak there. I think it's a widow's uh, you think so? I've yeah. had that. I've had, I've had that for a while. You've so had that? Know. Okay. Yeah. Have you been mapping the outline of your hairline? <laughs> I should. I've got a chalk outline. <laughs> it's no recession. I just think it's just, you yeah. Know, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Andy, you just finished Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. A little late to the party, but yes. I was late, too. I didn't start watching it till the series was over. Mm-hmm. And people were like, you got to watch, you got to watch. And it became such a joke, Galdi, that even Family Guy had a meme where, you must watch Breaking right. Bad. Right. It's the greatest show ever. Well, I'm part of the Netflix watching. So people who watched it the first time around on AMC had commercials, right? Yeah. yeah. I don't have that. I can't imagine watching Breaking Bad, Galdi, with a commercial break. Interrupting the intense hour-long joyride every episode. 45 minutes. And then I can't imagine having to wait a fucking week for the next one. Do you know how I watched Breaking Bad? As it ended, I heard about it. I the, a- AMC reran every episode. I recorded every episode, all sixty plus episodes, and we watched it that way. So you had to zip through the commercials. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. So I didn't watch the commercials, but I zipped but through you the commercials. Zip through them. See, I don't okay. have to bother. And then you don't even have to load the next episode. Yeah. It just goes automatically. <laughs> automatically, exactly. Yeah. But who watches live TV anymore, anyway? Yeah. Well, right? sports, sports, sports fans. That's, that's why, why yeah. rights fees mm. are through. But even the that, roof. don't you watch it on DVR like late, like delayed, like no, you start never. it late? You're young. I don't. Don't no, do I don't. I don't play that game. Never, because I always have another TV in the house with the same game on that is not delayed. And then I walk into that room, and it's like, oh shit! You, see a score. <laughs> you know, Utah just hit a big basket or something yeah, like yeah. that. So, ask the question to Andy that you asked off the air, and I screamed at you guys. Don't waste <laughs> this off the air. Go ahead. Well, I know you were a massive fan of The Sopranos, so mm-hmm. to me, the obvious question is: Does Breaking Bad? prove better than The Sopranos? It doesn't because you have to suspend belief too much on Breaking Bad. And The Sopranos, just about everything that happens in there could happen. Uh, The fact that he was able to conceal from his wife and his DEA brother-in-law for, what, four seasons (laughs) that he was making meth? Hank. Hank, yeah. Andy, I think you're wrong on Uh, that. I think that was entirely plausible. There are people that have a whole second family. That's true. Uh, there was a guy who did a – Charles Kuralt was a correspondent for CBS, and he did right. a feature called On the Road. Yes. And when he died, they found out that he had another family on, on the road. The road. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So it could happen. But, okay, well, have I? can I give away the last episode? Yeah, or? yeah trust I mean, me. We're way beyond it's, spoilers it's, it's, at this point. almost 10 years. Okay, yeah. Yeah. okay, okay. <laughs> the fact that he hits the remote control on his car key to open up the trunk of the Cadillac and kill everybody, and he and the other guy are the only guys that get down on the floor. He had planned it out, though. Uh, he, in his mind, he knew yeah. that he was going to tackle Jesse and then duck the bullets and, you know, see how it works out. Okay. It just worked out. I'll grant you, that was one of the bigger stretches in the mo- in the uh, series. Yeah. Stealing the meth from the train yeah. was a huge stretch. Yes. The, the last season does get a little implausible with right. Jesse getting captured by Nazis. I mean, it does become a little outrageous. but Never out of the bounds of this is stupid. No, no. If it got stupid, stupid, you'd be like, this is dumb. I yeah. don't believe this. But, but Tony just, you know, rubs people out, beats them up. You know, it just, it, there, there aren't things that happen in there that you could never conceive of them happening. 
Where well, I, true. But here, here's why I don't compare Breaking Bad to Sopranos. They're different products. Yes. They don't even belong to be compared, I don't think. Well, They're both in the pantheon, Galdi, of my television shows of all but time. But they are part of this very interesting trend over the last 20 years of television shows in which a bad guy is the good guy. Yes. And that's become yes. the thing. And The Sopranos kind of started that. Great yes. point. But, like, Breaking Bad has that. Better Call Saul has that. Americans, if you watch that on FX, mm-hmm. have that. I a, love that. Great show. A lot of shows have How's that. How's Carrie Russell doing these days? Oh, fabulous. God, she's yeah. so fine. She's yeah. tremendous. <laughs> All right. Well, good. So I would say Breaking Bad is in my pantheon of TV shows. My pantheon of TV shows are Seinfeld, Breaking Bad, Sopranos, uh, Deadwood, and I would put uh, The Office in there as well. I haven't seen Deadwood. Oh, and Family Guy. There's my pantheon level Family television shows. But what is your pantheon level? And don't ask what does pantheon mean. It's supposed to be vague. <laughs> That's why I'm calling it pantheon. can be any number. Galdi, what's in your pantheon? Yeah, I think it's a good list. I mean, I would put Americans up there. Okay. I thought Americans was, was really great. good. And I think I'd put Better Call Saul up there. I mean, really? I know it's kind of related to Breaking Bad, but it's, to me, just as good. I mean, the level of detail... Nothing is like overlooked. Everything makes sense. Vince Everything, Gilligan. Oh, yeah. he's outstanding. Yeah. yeah. I what hooked me on uh, Breaking Bad, Andy, was noticing that level of detail in every shot, such as the sound of Walter White's shitty puke green Aztec, <laughs> one of the worst cars ever made, <laughs> with always always a rear wheel missing, uh, the, a hubcap, a hubcap, yeah. right? But the sound of his door slamming shut, which was like this tin, like clank, mm-hmm. it was hammering home. This guy is pissed. His life sucks. Yeah. He's not making any money. He's teaching high schoolers. And then you didn't find out till mid-series he had fucking missed out on a fortune because of the guy. It was right. pretty early. It was Well, okay, but yeah. it was not yeah. right away. You didn't know no. that right away. You had to get the motivation for why would this guy break bad? Yeah, because he's so unbelievably smart. Yes, What's he doing stuck in a high school classroom? Every day he had to listen to that Aztec door clank shut. He's like, <laughs> fuck this. It got into his brain is what it did. Okay, boys, um, listen. We're not going to talk today about the NFL draft. I know, Galdi, you had a big set of commanders, possibles to talk about. Ah, By the way, for those that want to still listen to the best sports talk analysis in D.C. sports, it is Al Galdi's podcast. The Al Galdi podcast available wherever you get your podcasts. And Nats Chat, too. And Nats Chat as well. Can you spell Al Galdi, G-A-L-D-I? If you can, you can look it up. Make sure it's part of your diet rotation. Andy is on the sports capital, AM630. From noon to twelve every day, mm-hmm. Monday through Friday. Well, it's not noon to twelve because that's well, no, redundant. Sorry. Ten, to 12. 10, <laughs> ten to twelve. Ten to twelve. Ten to twelve. Ten to twelve. Thank you. Ten to noon, and um, you care enough about the Commanders. You probably have some thoughts. Yeah, I, I I look at this and I say, what can happen to possibly get Dan Snyder out? That overrides anything, everything. Anything that's happening with the football team on the field. Okay, and it probably has spilled over into what they're doing in the draft and probably in free agency, which they've done what? Not, not much. Not much. Not much. Yeah. And I think I think it's all related to what's going on now with uh, the, the the messiest fight I've seen in a long yeah. time. Now, Galdi, I'm sure you, you've broken down in your podcast where they should go, what they should do, and thank God you have. I don't have the appetite for it anymore. Yeah. Obviously, my uh, uh, energy and focus is on the Packers and my job in Milwaukee. 
but tell me what are they going to do at 11 with no clear quarterback that you'd want to take at 11? So I think they should be open to quarterback. I don't get the sense at all that Ron is. It doesn't sound like they're going to go quarterback at 11. And Just this week they go, well, we think uh, Carson Wentz is not a short-term quarterback. Yeah, Nikki Javala had that. Yeah. Which they, means restructure. They, fi- <laughs> they yeah. felt like they had they to say that. that. Yeah. yeah. Well, how it, about you see the movie yeah. a little bit with this guy? Well, how about you watch the previews that happen in Philadelphia and Indianapolis? <laughs> That'd be an idea as well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, uh, to me, they might be saying that just because they feel like they have to say that. The fact, like Andy said, the fact that they can get out of this contract after one season with no dead money tells you they're kind of hedging their bet here, here a little here's bit. Here's what's funny, though, is that if, if Wentz is okay, he doesn't want to stay here. He wants out. I'm yeah. convinced of that. He's under contract, though. So. Yeah, but they'll say, can you please extend your deal to save us some money because it's getting really expensive. He could go, no, I, mean, I if, want out. If he is good, it's a massive if, it is a good contract to have a decent quarterback on. He's making less than $30 million per year. But, of course, the if is, is he going to be good? Doesn't Why is it he go up steeply? No, no, it doesn't. Oh, okay. So it's in that range so of like could, 25 to 30 They could carry him, yeah. and they could keep him here. They could, but... He's yeah. got to play well, and we know how it's gone the last few years, so okay. we'll see. Wizards suck. They're out of the playoffs. Nobody cares. No. They're not going to be good anytime too soon. Nationals are goddamn terrible, no. but they, they had planned to be terrible, but still people are not taking it the right way. They're complaining about it. And Davey was bitching about uh, the Giants running up yeah. the score. Oh, what the hell is that? Oh, Escobar was, yeah. Oh. Wait, didn't he back him? He, he ba- did. Davey backed him. I think him. he was just backing his guy. It was a terrible look. Six-run game yeah. in the ninth yeah. inning on Friday. That's it. Six it's, runs. Right, 7-1. It wasn't 15-1. See the Cubs score from, over the Pirates? No. They won 21 to nothing. Yeah, take that. Yeah, 21 that. Yeah, it, was, it was already like 11 nothing. They scored eight runs in the fifth. I mean, seriously, it's soft. It was loser behavior. Yeah. yeah. It was a really bad look. So they're going to be bad for a while, and yeah. the learners are selling the team, partly, partly because of some tax deduction thing that ends after 15 years. Did you know that? I didn't hear that, no. Oh, it's, yeah, my, my, my dad sent it to me because we were talking about why are the Nats selling the baseball team. It's because you can amortize the cost of player contracts and get a huge tax break, but only for the first 15 Ooh. years of ownership. And the next contract is more than they paid for the team. And guess so how many years the learners have owned the team. Funny how that works. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny how that works. Okay, so we don't have any time for all that. Oh, and, and the Dwayne Haskins thing. Holy shit. Uh, I mean, two different memorials. The first one happened. His family didn't go. His mom and dad did not I've never go. met the wife. Have never yeah. met the wife and said, we felt it would be awkward meeting her in this circumstance for the first time. Yeah. Then the police report came out and said that, you know, he was looking to go get gas. Well, he called his wife and said, so I'm going to get, get gas. gas. She couldn't get a hold of him. She calls 911. And it appears that he was crossing the highway, you know, when he got hit. I mean, there's no gas on the highway. Don't you have a phone to call 911? No, you don't call 911. But, but or not 911. Don't you have a phone, AAA, yeah. or a friend? Well, it's also a rental or, car. Or, don't don't or you call Uber? the rental company to come pick up your car? <laughs> Because he has to get to the airport. You think, you think Avis is going to be jiffy on the spot at 6 a.m.? No, no, but, well, it's 9.30, I think. Or no, well, what time it's was like it? It's like 6.40. 6.40, okay, it was early. Okay, yeah. but but wouldn't the car company say, okay, you're out of gas, we'll come, we'll gas up the car, we'll get you to the airport? No, that- no Enterprise would say tough shit. I don't know. Enterprise would give you a voicemail. 
No, I mean your gotta, faith. Your faith in rental car companies. <laughs> there's got to be an emergency number. Well, I once, I once, <laughs> rent, I once rented from Lucky Duck Rental Cars <laughs> in Dallas because I was going to be there for a week, and they got used cars, and they broke down. Two of them broke down, and they come and give you a new car. Breaking down is one thing. Running out of gas yeah. is another. It's odd. The, the story is very odd. Crossing that highway is very strange. Oh, um, yeah. There's it's, a lot that doesn't make sense. No, it's terrible. Well, anyway, so no time for that. I wanted to talk to you boys about something. At my shop there in Milwaukee, 97.3 The Game, there is a little bit of uncertainty now with certain day parts and hosts and, you know, stuff going on because, you know, the, the station is still trying to find its way and they just acquired the Packers. And there's a lot of jockeying, Andy, for, well, can I do the post game? <laughs> can I do the pregame? Can I do halftime? You know what I'm saying? You're laughing. Oh, yeah. well, you know how that we works, know that right? happens. Yeah. Right. So a couple of the, uh, you know, so the young bucks that are on my show now, Josh, my producer, and Billy, who is helping run the board now, 20, 31 and 27 years old, you know, they're struggling because things are not quite set and there's a little bit of mixed messages and things are sort of temporary and it's like, well, we got a meeting to talk about this and where am I going to be and da 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 So they asked me, they go, is it like this everywhere mm-hmm. in radio? And I said, oh my God, do you really want to know? <laughs> do you really want to know all the shit that I have seen? Because they ca- kind of sensed that I was just like, okay, well, whatever. We'll deal with this. You know, we're here for these three hours. Let's be pros. Let's knock it out. Let's do it good. And we're going to navigate our way through it. And they were sort of like uh, amazed that I could be so calm amongst all this. It's because of the shit I have seen. <laughs> and you have seen and you have seen. So where do you want to begin on the shit we have Scene. Well, I think uh, I think the number one was the man cave, was it not? The man cave was something else, but I want to go back even further in 980s history in D.C. to a line. I think I'm going to get this right, but I'm not sure. Guys, go ahead, <laughs> buy the houses, have the babies. Yes, Andy Benazir. Um, yeah, we. Uh, this is how long ago this was. 1996? No, it was earlier than that. 94. I think, I think it was 94. Okay. And at that time, ESPN was only doing a Sunday morning show, and they were doing weekend nights. Tony Bruno. ESPN to, Radio. Yes, ESPN Radio. Was only Radio. doing a Sunday morning show. Right. Originally hosted by Mike Tarico, believe it or not. And wow. Tony Bruno was doing Saturday and Sunday nights. And so the station was struggling. And somebody came up with the idea of turning Sports Talk 570 into the team. And it was going to be nationwide, which essentially it was. At one point, we did have 35 stations. Okay. And it was going to be like a network of of radio. But the people who were on the air only cared about the local stuff. And, sure. And we're talking about the Redskins and, you know, the Bullets and, and the Capitals. What and, were some of the more infamous affiliates? Lake uh, Charles, Lake Louisiana. Charles, yeah. uh, there was Lake L- Chuck, as you called it, derisively. That's what uh, Tony called it, I think. <laughs> Lake Chuck. Lake Chuck. And then there was a, there was one in Palm Springs, which uh, launched the career, second career, Rich the Coach Gilgallon. Okay. That, that That's aside. another story, yeah. So anyway, so things were looking up because now you're going to syndicate, mm-hmm. and there was an all-staff meeting in which Bennett Zier, mm-hmm. the general manager of the station, reassured all the employees, hey, we're in this, it's going to be all right, quote, have the baby, buy the houses, yeah, have, have the baby. Yeah, <laughs> and, and most of the people who work in there were like in their 20s and 30s. 
And, you know, we're prepared for a, a disaster, a collapse. But he's, no, 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 no. Everything is fine. And uh, Well, what happened after he said, buy the houses, have the babies? Well, and then, the, then the station uh, operated like this in this awkward kind of network thing for right. a while. And then, uh, and then at the end of the year, they had a fire of just about half the staff or more. <laughs> and all those, all those end people. of the year, yeah. just that you know, a couple months later. Wait, what about buy the houses, have the babies? It was, it was about eight months, eight nine months. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was that. I remember with our show, Galdi, I got whacked uh, a month before Christmas as my agent called me in the middle of the show. Like, out of breath. He's like, okay, listen, this is what's going on. They're going to go with Stephen A. Smith, you know. I try to talk Don Martin out of it, but, you know, they're going to they're gonna pay you for the rest of the month, and uh, they kind of want you to stay on, but I'm not sure about that. And I'm in the middle of the afternoon show with, me, yeah. with you, yeah. and I got word about that. This was your Fox show? This was no. the Fox yeah, show, yes. Yeah. Now, the reason that uh, I got whacked was not because I wasn't doing well, because there was a new shiny object in town. Or, better yet, the guy that had hired me, uh, Andrew Ashwood died from uh, pancreatic cancer. So now there's this new asshole in charge, Don Martin, <laughs> who doesn't know me from anybody, right? He's in L.A., Galdi, and he's like, I'm going to put my stamp on things. Yeah. And so he ends up hiring Stephen A. Smith just because, hey, here's generic white guy I don't know, Zabe. Let me get sizzling black guy who used to be on ESPN. Now, Stephen A. was at the low point of his career. He had just lost basically everything. Uh, His show, quite frankly, got canceled. He had long since stopped writing for the Philadelphia Daily News, was it? Whatever it was, yeah. He had everything. He was was at the point where he was, like, doing games and typing out his column. On a Blackberry. Blackberry. (laughs) Right, back when Blackberries were cool, (laughs) yeah. yeah. He was trying to, you know, juggle all the balls, and then all the balls just came crashing down, and he was completely out at ESPN. ESPN. It's hard to believe now that he's like their biggest star and highest paid. It performer. is hard to believe. Yeah. Talk about a rebound. But the bottom line is here was an LA, somebody died. An LA guy who doesn't know me, who's uh, runs into a dude in Stephen A. Smith, who I'm sure had a great agent who was pitching him everywhere he could and pitching him hard. Well, he was a name brand, too. So all that work that I put into the show, Galdi, and my hopes of building it into something thrown right out the window you were fired on the day that obama got inaugurated yes, yes. as there was a purge by clear channel which had been acquired by bain capital and i remember talking to my agent going this is fucking outrageous i need goldie he doesn't make that much money what the fuck i'm I gonna mean- i'm gonna i'm gonna put my foot down on this my agent goes listen do you really want to jump in front of this train as well it's gonna happen they're laying off a ton of people company-wide I'm sorry. It is what it is. Yeah, I mean, I made I made like 15 grand a year. It was ridiculous. But the, the thing about radio, stop, <laughs> repeat that for people. It was like 15 to 20 grand a year. It was somewhere in there. And you were on the mornings with me and Scott and Solly, morning radio, nationally syndicated. Yeah. Um, sure, you were third, fourth, fourth voice or whatever, but 15 grand. You still had to wake up early and be there for three hours a day. Yeah, and I was working at 982, so it's not like that was all I was making. But, no, I know. But it was kind of a ridiculous thing. But but I think what's so funny is uh, Inauguration Day for Obama, Clear Channel whacked a bunch of people. Because they knew everyone would be over right. here. Inauguration day. day for Trump. Red Zebra mm-hmm. whacked a bunch of people. It was the day before, but yeah. It was the day before. Yeah. Okay. But it's like this perception of, well, if we do it on Inauguration Day, 
That's mine, by the way. If we do it on inauguration day, nobody will notice. And like, I mean, it's just, it's like such a cowardly way to operate, you know? Like, first of all, one thing has nothing to do with the other, but it's right. like, just be man up and just say, hey, we have to make these cuts. Here's what we're doing. Like, this strategic thing of, well, if we do it on inauguration day, you know, people won't take it so bad. Like, yeah. I just find that pretty funny. Yeah. So I was telling the young bucks, I go, listen, you know, Andy and I had been doing a really good job in afternoon drive in DC. For like 10 years or so, and then all of a sudden, new management comes in and they have this genius idea to move us to <laughs> 10 to noon. Yeah, yeah. And to move John Thompson, uh, whose show on a good day, Andy, was a lazy river ride <laughs> in a <laughs> in a inner tube, right? Well, and he also kind of worked when he wanted to. <laughs> he, 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 he was making, he had like like $800 million in Nike stock. <laughs> he didn't right, this work. was a hobby for him, yeah, right. Yeah. And so who was it that decided to make that lineup change? Well, there, what happened was there was a, a woman who was a, uh, was a sales manager. And what sales managers do is... They go out in the field and they go, John Thompson. Oh, I know who John Thompson is. So they say, well, if we can sell X, Y, and Z, this will make a gazillion dollars. Well, they didn't sell all that stuff. They just found a couple of advertisers who knew who he was. They convinced the new management that he was a huge name. And huge they could star. Build a brand around him. Not only that. But he had to be an afternoon drive because that was the higher leverage day part. Right. And when, when his, contract was, his contract was ending as new management took over, and also, that's when the new Red Zebra was starting up on three different stations that oh, had right. no, no signal. And, uh, and they were afraid that they were going to poach Thompson. So they threw him a pep rally. That's right. <laughs> it was a pep rally. And they gave a member of the lifetime contract. A lifetime contract. Which wasn't really lifetime, but it was like this enormous contract. It became yeah. like this you know, albatross of a contract for the yeah. station. Took him to the 70. Yeah. Thompson would work when he felt like it. Yeah. He would roll in late if he wasn't you know, uh, able to get there on time. Mm-hmm. He had two full-time guys and Doc and Al supporting him. So it was an extremely expensive show for that day part. Um, not to mention whatever Thompson was making, which I have no idea. I'm sure it was a shit ton of money because he's got a big agent. He's a big star. He didn't need the job. Yeah. So he rolled in. And on top of that, we found out that he had a <laughs> he had another <laughs> ghost person on the payroll. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Andy? Mary Fenlin, who was his longtime assistant, going back to when he coached high school, former nun, uh, and she had a assistant team. at Georgetown meeting like a manager for the team assistant. Yeah. Like a she, personal assistant, but, like a secretary yeah, but, but under, who would under, keep under, Patrick Ewing eligible and not flunking out. Well, you know, Patrick wasn't the biggest problem there, but yes. Well, she, whatever. She, she would handle the academics and she Paige. also sat on the bench for games. She was considered to be an assistant. I yes. don't think she would draw up, you know, plays in the huddle or anything. So she was living in Vegas at that time. And she had a deal that she was going to be his researcher for a full-time salary, which I'm told was over $40,000, to fax in articles which she had taken off the Internet, and, and they would come down the, the fax machine, which oh, they still shit. had. And, and often, you know, if he, if he came in at all, he would come in five minutes before the show. The faxes would sit on the fax machine. He never looked at Never down, looked at them. And he'd, he'd ask, God love him, but he'd ask questions, you know. Uh, so, Al, they're uh, playing the Masters today. Are they going to play 18 holes? You know, and stuff like that. You just go, what do you need research for that? And people wonder why the station ended up having financial problems. 
problems. Yeah. Yeah. So they so they moved Thompson to the afternoons. Yeah. You and I, Andy, even though we were under contract, had no power to stop it. Right. Our contract said it. Mine had a broader window of the station can put you on between yeah, six and nine, six and six seven. and seven p.m. So they could move you around if they saw fit. Right. And we begged to management. You did especially. You're like, mm-hmm. look. As football season came up, because they moved this in the spring, I believe. Yeah. No, no, they, they, they timed it because Tony Kornheiser left at the beginning of May to go do Monday Night Football. So this was okay. 2006. All right. So that created the window that we moved into. We told the spot in the morning. Right. And so that they thought, boom, 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 this will be great, and we'll put Thompson in the afternoon. And so, yeah, so this is May. So now we're getting to, like, late July. And all you're hearing, right, around town, this is even pre-Twitter, so you're not, people aren't even sending sure. out tweets like this is unlistable. You just know from the... People are going, what is going on? Yeah, this is horrible. What's happening here? And you basically said, please, we got to change it back before football. Yeah. People are, like, apoplectic going, this is a joke, right? you right. got to... Yeah. We're used to Andy and Steve and the third guy talking about all the sports in a way that is credible, not saying, oh, they're going to play 18 <laughs> today. <laughs> And they finally did change it back, but I forget when it was. It was a while, and and it, and also uh, it, it involved paying Thompson a lot of money to move him back because <laughs> his agent, his <laughs> agent, no more money well, to move him back. His oh, agent for- was David Falk. Right. <laughs> the bird of prey. David Falk was used to negotiating for Ewing and Mourning and all the centers. He must have laughed at these radio people. Oh, yeah. Because he chewed them up and spit them out. I well, mean, also, he took them to school. Because when you don't need the money... Your first offer is fuck you. Yeah. yeah. That's your opening stance. And when you have a bunch of marks running the station yeah. who are, oh, John Thompson, they're willing to do whatever it takes yeah. to, you know, move heaven and earth for him. Even though they don't understand, it doesn't really work like that in radio. Yes. And, right. In and addition, also- they, they played an hour of Thompson's show on tape. Oh, yeah. yeah. First hour reran. Yeah. That was I mean, in the 6 to 6 7 to p.m. 7. hour, which right. is a prime drive time window in D.C. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It well, was so bad, you said to yourself, I can't believe this is actually happening. But. <laughs> We had to navigate it because we're trying to have a family. We're trying to pay for a house and have some fucking kids in this business. Right, Galdi? It's insane. It was brutal. It was, it was brutal. And and when we had to be civil to John, who was a nice guy, yeah. uh, but we had to be civil to him as all this mayhem is happening around us. Yeah, and, and the, the guy who was making the decisions, Ben and Sear, was a guy who would be stricken by fame. He looked at he looked at David Falk. Total jock sniffer. Yeah. So if you're negotiating with yeah. David Falk and you're in awe of him because he's a celebrity, yeah. how much how much how much how hard are you going to be at the bargaining table? <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. So there was that whole episode. Then in comes our guy Dennis Glasgow. <laughs> New program director, who dis, and he shakes up the lineup by saying, we don't need our patented third guy in as part of the sports reporters. It can be just me and you. Now, you and I are capable of doing a show, but the whole point of the sports reporters was the triangulation mm-hmm. of... Two against one. Yeah, two against one. You never knew how the wrestling match was going to go. I got the worst of it, Galdi. I got thrown through you tables. You got pounded, yeah. I got thrown through tables, <laughs> thrown off cage <laughs> matches, but I, 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 I sold the red to get the green, yes. as they say yes. in the business. There you right? go. Yeah, Look at exactly. That. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, so he's like, I don't think we need that third guy, because the third guy cost all of like $150 a day. Something like we that. We paid him like 150 a day. So, what's that come out to per year for the third guy? It's like 60 grand a year, something like that. Was it really? Okay. Yeah. Well, so maybe they looked at it like, well, that's a lot of money. We got to get rid of that. Now it is, yeah. You, you and I, Andy, said, this can't stand. And we put our foots down, 
our foots down. We put our feet down, feet down yeah. and we, we wrote uh, an email to him and to his boss, um, Bruce, Gilbert. Bruce Gilbert, who's one of the smartest, best guys we've ever worked for mm-hmm. in the business. And said, "This is this is going to be an extinction event. This is going to, you know, I don't. We're not. We weren't threatening to quit. I don't mm-hmm. think. But we were like, this can't stand. This is bullshit. Mm-hmm. And in one of the rare wins in business in our career, what happened? <laughs> we had a meeting with Glasgow in the room, and Bruce Gilbert opened it with." We apologize. We fucked up. We went too wow. fast. We didn't think about yeah. this. Wow. And we're like, whoa. I, just got, <laughs> I got lightheaded for a moment. Like, <laughs> wow, management's apologizing to me. Wow. Holy and shit. So we're looking over to Glasgow in the corner and going, whoa, he just got thrown through a plate glass window. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. Of course, no one has a business like yours with all of its strengths and challenges. To succeed, you need a hiring partner that adapts to your needs. You need Indeed. Find great talent faster with Indeed Instant Match. Assessments and virtual interviews. With Instant Match, over 80% of employers get quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job. Even better, Indeed's the only job site where you only pay for applications that meet your must-have requirements. Indeed is unbelievably powerful, delivering four times more hires than all of the job sites combined. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash Zabe. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit at Indeed.com slash Zabe. Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, Indeed.com slash Zabe. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Terms and conditions apply. Pay per qualified applicant not available for all users. Offer good for a limited time. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on UnderdogFantasy.com or download the app. Draft your team and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. Andy and I, our our run together ended when Dan Snyder bought the station and then decided Chris Cooley needed some, or actually Bruce Allen Decided Chris and Cooley it was longer than they had owned the station for a while. They had owned the station for a while, yeah, but like four um, years. Yeah. Chris Cooley, tight end, Washington Redskins retires, and he wants to do color commentary on the radio broadcasts. He's very close with the owner. He's been on the owner's yacht, and all he wants to do is the games. But Bruce Allen, then the team president, insisted he needed more sort of seasoning, or he just wanted him on the station in afternoon drive, and that was a non negotiable thing so andy was out cooley was mandatory in they kept me and then al was brought in to play point guard on the show for how many glorious years was that oh uh too many uh i don't <laughs> Three? know no, no like uh Four? two and a half two maybe, and a half something okay. like that i mean it was i don't even think it was that no because, because it changed I, in six may of 16 was six, when okay you guys yeah, was, yeah, that's right we had that we had the man cave thing in yeah between. so i went from like i think august to 13 to may of 16 but what's so funny about that is bruce hated the station yeah. right bruce <laughs> bruce loved, allen yeah. yeah bruce loved not M- bruce gilbert no. bruce allen hated the station bruce loved mal which is why the redskins <laughs> games ended up going to mal so like that's what he grew up on that's what he thought they were, they were still hardin and weaver on there <laughs> yeah and he, you know he, he listens to it a lot which is fine but it's like yeah. 
the fact that he played a role in the station like that, which he hated, is it's just so funny to, to think about now. Right. And like you said, Cooley didn't want to do a show. He had not done a show. I mean, you know, he's learning on the job like this. We, we had never worked with him. So it just it <laughs> Cooley was... showed up. He was going to be at the park. He wasn't going to drive into Rockville. That yeah. made it less than ideal. Did allow me, though, as a Virginian, to just go to the park <laughs> to babysit Cooley, who would sit there, Galdi, and then draw nudes <laughs> yeah, in he chalk. Uh, he, very good artist, Chris Cooley is. And he would have his feet up, and he would pop in whenever. You would do your best to run the show. I would do my best to support things. I didn't mind that show. I thought it was fun. I thought we had our moments there, but it lasted two and a half years. Yeah, and you know, Cooley is a great guy, and he has said, like, I was learning, and he was. Like, it was maybe they should have started him, I don't know, in the mornings or something, middays, like, let him kind of get his feet underneath them, and then, you know, you put him in afternoon drive or something like that. But, you know, it was this thing that was just, like, thrown together. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, and it, and it, uh, really marked the beginning of the Redskins kind of waking up to having owned us. <laughs> and then that ended up being the demise of the station, which is yes. another irony of the whole thing. That is, right. Because even though Bruce Allen's like, oh, I want him an afternoon drive to kind of represent the team, they quickly realized, oh, shit, he's not. No, exactly. He's, he, he's causing problems because he's doing film breakdowns yeah. on the players. Yeah. They're very accurate. They're unflinchingly honest. And the players are hearing about it, and they're like, this is fucking bad for me. <laughs> yeah, I can't have an ex-player who knows the playbook and is friends with the owner saying that I can't cover my man in zone defense. He he crushed London Fletcher. <laughs> yeah. He crushed Robert Griffin the third. Arakpo he crushed. Arakpo, Arakpo wanted to fight wanted him in the parking him. lot. Niles Paul wanted to fight him for criticizing Robert. Like there were all these yes. things that happened. Robert hated him. Robert oh, yeah. texted him like, "How could you do this to me?" <laughs> so there were like all these things, and so yeah, it backfired on. on Old Brucey. Oh, oh yeah. God. Yeah. Meanwhile, you know, we're just regular guys trying to raise a family in this business, yeah, but- which is why I say, Andy, I would never do this again. Well, never. <laughs> I don't know. I've, I've had, it worked out great for me, but man, it yeah. has been a action movie every step of the fucking way. <laughs> the, the problem- One car chase after it is. another. It's the true. problem with what we do is if we do it well, it seems incredibly easy. So people who listen to it say, what do they do? They plop their ass down and they talk for three hours. Who can't do that? And so they think anybody can do it. Yeah, management puts in anybody. Yeah. If you have a mouth and can talk, they say, here, do a radio show. Yeah. I mean, you know, I've been in radio for 45 years. Before I ever did a talk show, I was doing updates and other reporting for 15 years. You had done a lot of radio in different places. Al, you worked your way up through the, through the ranks, starting out as a board op. That's how you do it. You, know? right. you don't just sit down and say, I'm a talk show host. <laughs> I know, but they give them that. And I would often say to other people, including writers, when do I get my column in the USA Today? Yeah. And Larry Weissman, like, look at me like sideways. I go, what? I can write. Yeah. Oh, but no, you're not trained. And I'm like, well, here you are on a radio show. You're not trained well, but either. He, he wasn't hosting a show. I know. I'm not picking on Larry. Yeah. I'm just saying in general. Yeah. I'd give Lavero shit about this, you yeah. know? Well, that's what they did with the man cave. They took a guy who was a columnist at the so Washington So then there's Post. the man cave. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> here's, here's the story to end all stories. And if <laughs> my boys are listening to this podcast, buckle up for this one. So... <laughs> The station decides in the fall. Was it when was the man cave born? Spring uh, was fifteen, it was, right? It was fifteen. Yeah, it was. The, it was the spring of fifteen. Two thousand fifteen. Um, I forget who ordered this to happen. That's still murky. 
according to, again, stories may be true, maybe not be true, but supposedly the team said, well, you're running Mike and Mike in the morning. Put on a local show. Right, because that was our station. We were running Mike and Mike in the morning as an ESPN affiliate, right. ESPN 980. And then our local lineup the rest of the day, which honestly for a major market sports station was kind of weak. Don't you think? Like think we should have market, had our own you need a morning, morning show. show. Yeah. yeah, you have you had a morning show. Yeah. That's where you can make your money. Okay. Yeah. So they decide you need to do this. Well, someone decided because the way Arbitron ratings work, <laughs> there's bonuses for minority ratings books that are filled out that says, I listen to X station. They wait minority uh, ratings books because I think they did some research that shows that fewer minorities turn in the ratings books, and so therefore they wanted a more accurate picture. This that was goes not back to – now they have people meters now. So this is, goes back to when they had books. Oh, okay. Well, but yeah. It's, yeah but it's My point, in. though, is it wasn't some affirmative action like, oh, if you have X number of black listeners, we're going to give you a double because we feel bad. Yeah. It was literally that we think they're underrepresented. Exactly. Okay. So the idea was, all right, let's go get an all-black morning show, which is not the worst idea in the world, Goldie, except other stations already doing that with devastating effectiveness, right? In uh, the Washington, D.C. market, yes. Yes. V- very much so. Yes. Very much so. And not just in the D.C. market. Every, every market has urban stations yeah. with black morning shows that kick ass. Make tons of money. So here we're going to do a knockoff? Well, we better get somebody good. We did not get no. somebody good. They got uh, We got Jason Reed, yep. who was covering the team for the Washington Post. And a columnist. And a columnist. So he could give his opinion. And he had routinely crushed the team, mm-hmm. for appropriately so, for its malfeasance, stupidity, and everything else. I'm sure the team hated him, and yet somehow <laughs> he was tabbed to do the morning show. But, okay, they're going to get somebody good to go with them, right? No, they weren't. <laughs> they got a guy to go with them who had done, like, like a third voice on one of those black morning shows. A, 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 a music show, by the a way. A music show, and he knew jack shit about sports. <laughs> well, he said to the producer, as they were about to do the segment on the Nationals, uh, I'm oh, going to need some help with this. All I know is that they wear red caps. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, that guy. Uh, nice guy. Yeah, very uh, nice guy. Nice guy. Uh, so is Jason. And uh, and I said to the the person the the the, uh, the brains behind this whole move, who uh, who 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 uh, yeah, I think in a in a really short sighted way said, oh, black people only want to listen to black people. No, not true. That's you know we, no. we our, our, if you looked at our, our numbers, I think right. they, they would show that there were a heavy representation. For right. That. So okay. So so you bring him in, and uh, I said, um, hmm, has he ever done talk radio before? He goes, no. But when he was a sidekick with Donnie Simpson, they talked. Donnie Simpson is a radio legend, one of the five most successful radio people in Washington, D.C. Yes. What he didn't do was talk radio. He's black, by the way, for those who don't know Donnie Simpson. Didn't do talk radio. He was a big fan of Tony's show because he would get off the air at 10 o'clock and drive to RTJ every day and play golf. Play 36. And listen to Tony. And listen to Tony. So he was a big fan, and he came in once, and he sat in the studio, and he said, hey, you know, anytime you want to come back. Oh, no, 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 no. You guys do talk radio. That's hard to do. I can't do that. So here's a guy who says, he's a radio legend, can't do talk radio, and his sidekick is going to host a four-hour radio show. 
It was as predictably bad as you would imagine. And to make it even more intriguing and stupid for those that don't understand this business and what a complete shit show it can be, is there was an attempt to kill it. Oh, yeah. That was born <laughs> of a mystery phone call. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. You can look this up. If Deadspin you, wrote an article. Oh, on it. Yeah. Google Deadspin Man Cave DC ESPN 980. Yeah. Someone impersonating ESPN boss John Skipper. Correct. Called our general manager at the time, who shall remain nameless. Nice fella, but he was like a Labrador retriever. <laughs> he was just a very sweet, not so bright guy. And they basically impersonated Skipper to go kill the show. Yeah. Don't don't launch this. Well, I heard he cussed him out, and I heard that from like you're fucking dropping Mike and Mike. How dare you do this? And I heard it from the from the uh, from the actual uh, person. He oh told wow, me that, he told you that. He told me that he was cussed out by John Skipper, and uh, and first he was going to hold his ground, but then two days before the launch, I got a call from the brainchild behind the show who said, uh, yeah, uh, we're, we're not going to make that switch just now. Uh, so they put it on hold. They paused it. Yeah. Right. Who? called as skipper have we ever found that out they believe it came from an oakland phone number which may have been somebody who knew bruce allen from when he was with the raiders yes. that bruce allen was having second thoughts like why are we hiring this guy jason yeah, reed? bruce was furious about the reed hire yeah because he didn't actually right. make that hire the station did but what's so while the while bruce allen can force cooley onto our station right the station went rogue and hired a guy who hates the redskins so now bruce allen's trying to kill it but what's interesting is, so we were owned by a company in which Dan Snyder was a primary investor. So the Skins essentially owned us. So all contracts for the station actually went through the Redskins at the time. Right. When they signed Reed, you would have thought that that would have uh, alerted the Skins to, hey, they're sign they're giving a show to Jason Reed. So that to me has always been a, a weird. Why thing did about that, that? Yeah. Why was that allowed to go through? Yeah. Right. Why did his contract go through? Why did they just wake up one day? And realize, oh, we don't want Jason redoing a show. So, like, that to me has always been very strange. The brainchild told me after he quit that he was encouraged to hire Jason Reed by the Redskins organization. That he had no intention of hiring him, but was told, hey, this would be a great hire for you. And some would say in a Machiavellian twist, it was to get him off the beat. Yeah. So he wouldn't criticize the team in the more powerful Washington Post, would be relegated to an AM sports station, and would probably quickly be taken off the air because the show would crash and burn. Well, I don't think That's... they were worried about the air. They were worried about the Washington Post. And Because remember, he signed with ESPN. He left yeah. the Post, oh, right, signed right, with right, the station, right, 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 and then right, right, joined right. ESPN. And, and there's reason to believe that there was precedent for this with Jason Lock and Fora, who had become persona non grata at Redskins Park because of, yeah. and he was not even a columnist, but sure. because of negative reporting that they saw. So yeah. they got him to the NFL Network. Yes, And exactly. now he's on CBS and he's killing it and I, he's got a radio he's, show. He's doing great. Yeah. So anyway, moving right, uh, right along. Man Cave launches. It's predictably bad because radio is not like just talking. There's all kinds of stuff that goes into it. There's got to be chemistry. There's got to be thinking. There's got to be writing. There's got to be a lot of stuff. And I'll never forget this. Anthony Fermi, one of our best sales guys, good old Tony, <laughs> he comes you know, walking briskly by my office door. I see in a flash the trim, handsome Anthony Fermi, sales manager, uh, buzz by my door and then stops, backs up, looks into my office, points to the speaker in the hallway, which was carrying the man cave, and says, are you listening to this? I go, yeah. He goes, it's going to get better, right? In a 
desperate sort of voice because he knew, oh, shit, this could sink the whole station. And I looked at him. I said, nope. (laughs) He then pivoted and marched right back down the hallway. That was it. I didn't have the heart to lie to him, Andy. He said, this is going to get better. And I'm like, no, it's not going to get better. uh, Also, the the one who was cussed out by John Skipper, uh, according to another salesperson there, never told the staff that they were going to put the show on. (laughs) So he he never ran it by the sales staff. Hey, what do you think? We're putting a guy on who's never done radio before with a guy who was a sidekick on a music morning show. What do you think? Meanwhile, Andy was... A pro's pro in that you sat in with them for one segment. I did, I did newscast. That's another thing. You did the uh, newscast. I did the newscast. Which was Serena supposed, Williams, right? Yeah, wait, wait, well, that's, that was oh, one of them. But, but yeah, they, they, I, it was supposed to be like four minutes. But they had nothing to talk about. So they would just stretch me out. You know, for like twelve minutes, which is filling, and so yeah, there was there was a there was a uh, <laughs> there was a, there's a Serena Williams incident. Oh, <laughs> this is great. what is this? Uh, so uh, one of the majors is played, and the men play on Sunday, and the women play on Saturday. The male winner on the Sunday was a white male, and so I reported what he had done. He had won, and they said, "Well, what about Serena Williams?" Well, Serena Williams was Saturday. You were reporting the news. Yes, this is Monday. If you were on on Sunday. Yeah, I would talk about Serena Williams. Someone said you should have included that. And and the one who had been a sidekick on a music morning show said, well, we have to assume the listener doesn't know about that. I'm thinking, (laughs) what, do you live under a rock? (laughs) So it was a big kerfuffle. Yeah, there was that. uh, Well, anyway, so you, you had to suck it up, and I respect you immensely for doing it because it had to be just like, I can't fucking believe it. I'm well, doing this. You well, know, I used to be doing an afternoon show with with Zabe, and we were doing great, and now here I am. Well, I wasn't going to walk away out of contract. I wasn't going to walk away from it. Right, or the and, severance that we had as part of the union. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, you were well, doing what you had to do. And I also knew this had a short shelf life. <laughs> I've been around long enough to know. Yeah. And, and most people, when you'd walk out in the bullpen after doing the news segment, they'd say, Six months, you know, three months. <laughs> How long did the man cave last? Seven months, I think. Seven months. Yeah. And really, the last three were painful Yeah. because they knew. They're like, we got to get out of this. Well, the, the new program director came in. Sure, and, and who, said, we're, we're just not going to do this. complete zero anyway. But, <laughs> but he, he, said, he said to them, uh, he said to Jason Reed, he said, we're going to have to make it more of a sports show. And Jason said, Good luck, because he knew the other guy didn't know sports. <laughs> Unbelievable. Well, you know, and uh, those two guys got paid. Oh, oh yeah, Three handsomely. Three-year well. guaranteed deals. Three-year well. guaranteed deals to the point where they would show up just to pick up their paycheck. Right? Oh yeah, the the, the person to the in the business office would meet them in the parking lot and give them the check, and they didn't have direct deposit. I guess the, no that because I had that too when I was when I was fired that you that you can okay. because then you're considered to be part of the payroll if you're on direct deposit. Oh, so they have, they have to give you a live check. <laughs> yeah. So all the while, you know, we're trying to have a a, a, a career. We're trying to pay the bills through all this mayhem, Galdi. It ravaged the station. Uh, 106.7 ran promos mocking the Man Cave experience. (laughs) Yes, our competitor in town. It was really bad. Now, that's not the only reason, you know, 980 has suffered the fate that it has, but that was a big part of it. I mean, you know, all these stories, it's so interesting. Like, (laughs) you are your own worst enemy as a station. Like, all of these uh, incidents and problems, so many are self-inflicted. If you just don't make dumb decisions... You can do well. 
But it's like these dumb decisions that made this lack of foresight, this lack of forward thinking. Like you right. see it over and over and over again. But it's it because there's such a conflict of competing interests, yeah. interest yeah. between programming, sales, management, talent that it's it's hard to get everyone moving in one direction. Right. Yeah. And to say we have a business, we want to build the business, manage the business. It's uh, you know I I like to say Andy, radio is a great hobby. Yeah. It's a terrible career. It, it's a it's a great. If it's a hobby, fucking do it. It's a great. Pop in, host for a year right. or two, and then say peace. I'm out. It's a wonderful job. It's a horrible business. That's how I look at it. That's I lo- interesting. I really like what I do, but dealing with yes, what the we've job just, is great, but the, the career path is way too fraught with idiots, nonsense, and peril. And yet yeah. I'm still yet I'm still in we're it. We're all we're sucked in. We're sucked yeah, in. We're now in. that said, I believe the shop I'm at in Milwaukee is one of the best I've ever been in. Great people. Mm-hmm. iHeart, which owns us, is I think one of the less repugnant major corporations that owns all these radio outfits. And I've worked for a good number of them. Not all of them. You've probably hit for the cycle, Andy. Uh, Clear Channel, Cumulus, iHeart. Uh, or maybe you haven't worked for iHeart. Yeah. You have? Yeah, okay. Well, that, that was part of the... That was Clear Channel. That was Clear Channel before they swapped them around and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a ruthless thing. I mean, nothing against the big conglomerates. They're trying to stay competitive in a social media world. And they're trying to make sure they can keep going business-wise yeah, yeah. as radio... Is still there. It's still relevant, but it's not what it once was. And it's it's watered down with all the podcasts like this and other sure. things. Sure, so, yeah. right. And and so I like the shop. The people are good. Uh, the ma- the company backing it is good, and all the talent is kind of new. There's no established guys that are like fuck this guy. I'm gonna f- try to fuck with him. We get along pretty nicely, That's but good. it's uncertain it's right new. now. It's also new. It's new. And the other thing is now that we have the Packers, people are finding out. Football teams have football team concerns. Mm-hmm. They don't care as much about radio, Galdi. Mm-hmm. They only care enough to go, eh, we don't like that. Or, eh, we're not sure about that. Yeah. We're chomping at the bit of the station to do stuff with the Packers. We're super happy to have them. The company paid a lot of money to get them. So let's go. Let's create some special shows. Let's do some live draft specials. But the Packers and all these NFL teams move at their own own pace. Will A-Rod come on with you? Can you get a weekly spot with him? Is there no. any chance of that? No, because he has deals that are way orbit. Shut up, Siri. Uh, he has deals that supersede everything. Okay. McAfee, that's a huge deal, isn't it? Yeah, he cuts his own deals, basically. What is McAfee making? Oh. Like $50 million a year oh, or more? Unbelievable. Yeah, but he's got to pay all his guys. It's a lot. Yeah. Good for him. It's a lot, but yeah. Wow. So anyway, so I think, you know, my message would be what is my message? <laughs> don't do this. Like, don't do if, it. Don't literally well, don't do it's it. It's also different than when we got in it. It's that's true. It, the day and age now, build your own thing. Yeah. Start with a well, blog. Yeah. Start with a podcast. Start with some YouTube stuff. That's the way to go. At least then you own it, whatever it is. Yeah. And find a niche and exploit the shit out of that niche. Well, look, look at also with television too. Uh, when when we were coming up, the big the big wigs were the nightly sports guys on the network stations. That's completely gone. So if you want to be a big anchor, you're either on Sports Center or I don't know what you're doing now. Yeah. Even even the regionals like like NBC Sports Washington, they don't do a sportscast no. anymore. And even the guys who are good on ESPN get bounced. Oh, sure. Mike Golick, Trey Wingo. What was wrong with those guys? Out. Yeah. Out. Yeah. 
It's uh, yeah, they're interchangeable. But you know, I, I would say this too about our experience with this with our station. Like, I, I think our station did have a lot of problems. I don't, I don't know that it's that bad everywhere. But you think it's that bad everywhere? It's different degrees of it. It's yeah. different shades of it. It's other crazy stuff. It's not like a real business. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's not like and it's and it's you know, it's also the the worst part about it is it's not very portable. It's not transferable. There's not seven different firms that you can go to mm-hmm. as a lawyer, an accountant, a marketing guy. It's a niche thing. Right. And it's also not transferable in that you can't go to Oklahoma City if right. you don't know shit about Oklahoma State. Right, right. And nobody's going to accept you there. You used to be able to do that, but you can't do that anymore. And exactly. what, what happened with sports radio is the people who became the big stars were all local people. You put Mike and the Mad Dog in Chicago or L.A., they're not, they're not right, the stars different. they were. No, yeah. they wouldn't know anything. Yeah. Well, they, not that they wouldn't know. but They would just, know enough, but not nearly the, enough. Yeah, you got the feel. You know, Francesca, when he was, in, when he was still good, could go, you know, talk about going to Yankee Stadium to see Mickey Mantle. That matters. Yeah. You know? yeah, you have to know in this market the day that the Redskins had a draft day party at FedEx Field and they flew in Spurrier to be at the draft party instead of in the war room. Yeah. Like, that's an important part right, of right. local sports history. Sure. Or the so. whole Spurrier hiring, how it happened, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> That'll be for another time, the, sp- the, the, how, the, uh, the book of Spurrier, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. well, man, all right. Yeah, yeah that's, a whole sh- that's a whole show. That yeah. is a whole show. Yeah. All right, boys, good visit this morning. Thank you for coming out. What's on your uh, docket for this lovely spring Sunday in the DMV? Uh, well, podcast work, <laughs> draft week, and uh, it is gorgeous outside. Al Galdi podcast, no. download it, make it part of your rotation. Andy, what about you? You going bike riding? Uh, no, I already worked out today, but I will, uh, you know, it's, it'll be a guilty thing, but I do like watching the Nats and afternoon baseball on a Sunday. Even though they're steamrolling towards 100 losses. Well, and Barry Zruluga wrote a good column this week about how easy it is to go to a game. Oh, the crowds are, bu- are rough. And, and I also I did, also did a compare. Oakland A's rough? Yeah. Not, not that bad, but not Getting that there. not yeah. that far. But, but yeah. here, here's here's one thing: if you want to go see a baseball game, it's now comparable to a movie, which is what it was when I was a kid. I checked the AMC prices; not that anybody would go to a movie. Meaning, anymore. it's cheaper to go to a ball. It's about game, the same though. price or no. less, depending on what you do with StubHub. But but the average you can get in cheap. Average ticket price for a movie now is thirteen bucks. IMAX is twenty bucks. And you can get a good seat, right, Al? That's part for that. Yeah, there's. I mean, it's it's tough. You know, they've had games with less than ten thousand people, which which is approaching Oakland A's territory. You don't pay for IMAX, do you? No, I don't. I don't. <laughs> I, yeah, but I, I have. I have paid. <laughs> you for imagine them paying for IMAX? <laughs> Not a chance. Well, my 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 sister gives me those uh, cards that I ah, use. Ah, okay. So. All right, very good. <laughs> All right, boys, have a great Sunday. Thank you. Thank you. You too. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Play season-long best ball, fantasy drafts where you only focus on the most fun part of fantasy, drafting your team. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. Underdog handles the rest for you. No waivers, trades, or setting your lineups each week. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100, get $100 free. 
That's promo code radio. Terms and conditions apply. Whether she prefers a statement piece or everyday subtle elegance, BlueNile.com has fine jewelry options for every mom. Shop high-quality classic diamond earrings, elegant tennis bracelets, or gemstone pendant necklaces. Online shopping is easy with free shipping and returns. Until Mother's Day, listeners can save $50 on purchases of $500 or more. Just go to BlueNile.com and use the code RADIO to save. 